1: Welcome in to the PHX Coyotes podcast, brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah Merrill, here with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters. We're back all together in Studio B.
3: In Studio B. And it's
1: for a very special occasion, because today we are welcoming in Arizona Coyotes General Manager, Bill Armstrong. Bill, welcome back to the PHNX Coyotes Podcast. This is actually your second appearance on this show. We appreciate yes. you joining us. And I don't know if you remember, the first time we had you, we showed you the Bill the Builder graphic that <laughs> we had for you. So let's just pull that up again as a reminder to everyone. So we just made a new graphic because, you know, things have been, the season's gone along and Bill the magician is the latest. Oh, so, first question for you: Which graphic do you prefer?
2: You know what? I just I just want to pose before I answer that. What happens when we go through a tough stretch where we lose twenty? What's that one? <laughs> <laughs> can we can we get back to you on that one? Yeah, yeah all right. I, I don't know. I, I, I like build the builder. I always like to build things. So I'm. I <laughs> That's, I prefer that one, you know. Yeah. yeah. If, if if you do magic, you need a lot of luck on your side, I guess.
0: Yeah. Very true. Well, Bill, listen, your team has won four games in a row for the first time this season. Um, is that a good
2: thing, <laughs> given the well, goals? Yeah, I think it is. You know, when you when you're very demanding of your players and you and you're trying to change the culture and you're Preaching the new way to do business with inside our locker room, our practices, you know, what we expect from the players. It's really, really important that at some point in time success comes from that. Um, so you know, I think, you know, you can always say in the rebuild, you know, you don't want to be too good, and and, and I can understand why people would be concerned, but at the same time, you know, you want to be a competitive organization um, that goes out and achieves. And we've been able to do that. And, you know, the guys like Smalty and and Kells and Chikorin and, and Veggie and uh, Wedgie, all these guys have been, you know, really, really uh, contributed to these, these four-game win streak. And its uh, it's been – and obviously, uh, when you get on the bus, and I try to travel with the guys. Um, my research before I took over was if you're going to do a rebuild, make sure you're around to suffer through it with them. Um, so uh, I, I do try and be around and, and go through it. Um, and it's nice to see the guys get rewarded and get on the bus and see how happy they are, and uh, it surely makes for a better plane plane, uh, plane ride.
0: What's impressed you most
2: about this run? Well, <laughs> the ability to score goals. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> you know it's uh, you know it's yeah they they've had a run you know they've had a they've had a run you know we've 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 run into some teams that have had some bad goaltending and we haven't missed. Uh, and that combination has been a good thing for our club and uh, for a team that wasn't supposed to score, you know, in the stretch we've scored. So that's that's been nice. You know, it's, uh, you know, and even like, you know, the calls are going our way. And, you know, Chick, you know, misses on the shot and it goes in last night. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's going our way, that's for sure.
3: Wait, one thing, Billy, and you just brought it up, too, and I you're a, you are a professional athlete. You competed in the locker room. You competed for a team. You're a competitor. It's part of the nature of who you are. So, in this general manager role, it's different, and especially during a rebuild, it's different. But we, Craig brought it up. It, you still want to win. Like I don't know how you can sit in that press box and not be excited about what this team's going. How do you balance your job and your emotions?
2: Yeah, that's that's a truly tough one. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, it, that is probably the toughest thing because you don't get to these positions or you don't get to this league as a player, coach, or g- general manager unless you're competitive. Uh, so then all of a sudden you got to squash your your emotions. It's the, probably the toughest thing to go through uh, every day that we deal with. Um, but one thing that that I've uh, I've tried to dig into is the process. Whether I'm dealing with the coaches and we're talking about players and, and how to improve, we continually work on the process and keep focused. And that. That is something that, you know, whether it's our eating, whether it's our, you know, it's our skills guys are writing down, you know, what what can we improve in the game? We are 100%, you know, bought into to working the process and becoming better. So whether you win or whether you lose, um, as long as the next day you get up and dig into that process, um, you can move forward as a competitor and uh, your team gets better. And, uh, you know, and uh, hopefully in the end, uh, that leads to us winning a championship one day.
1: You mentioned some of the players having success in this stretch, um, most notably Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz are on fire right now. How do those two fit into this team's future, both in the short term and possibly the long term?
2: Um, well, that's, that's a great question. I, I just want to touch base on Nick Schmaltz. The hotel we were at yesterday um, shows Centre Island and Toronto, which you could probably swim from the shore of Toronto to Centre Island. It's not that far. And, I'm pretty sure I looked out before the game and he was walking on water across (laughs) Center Island and and then walked back across the water. uh, Up before the game, Uh, he (laughs) those two guys are key. Um, You know, Schmaltz has been a player that you know obviously struggled. Uh, You know, we had a talk with him and he got injured, Um, and he's found a way to to kind of contribute with uh, Keller at an elite level. Um, I don't think he can keep up that pace, uh, but you know, he has gained a tremendous amount of confidence and I think he, he's getting a greater understanding of how good he can be if he applies himself. And I still think there's room to grow, uh, with his summer training.
0: Bill, obviously the trade deadline is coming up. I think it's 10 days away now. Um, There's been a lot of chatter, obviously, for the last three months. So you would have thought it passed already, but it's finally approaching. So let's ask some questions regarding the uh, trade deadline. First off, what's the state of the market right now? Uh, What trends are you hearing and asking prices? What's holding things up, et cetera?
2: Well, there's no money in the league. (laughs) So, So everybody's maxed out on the salary cap. Um, so what happens is if I'm going to make a trade with someone, I need you to you know, take someone back because you've got to create room uh, for the player coming in. And it just it hasn't it hasn't moved. Now, um, I have a feeling once once one of the big guys goes down, then, then it'll start to move a little quicker. And I think the majority of work will be done, you know, two or three days out. Um, but it just hasn't transpired, is you know. And I think the media also, you know, at this time, everybody builds up the trade deadline, and they can be, it can be a long day for the media when nothing's moving. So uh, you know, they they have these shows, and I think they're almost like they, they, they torture the guys in Canada because everybody's tuned in and nothing happens. So like it's kind of like the ball dropping in New York City. You stand around and wait for it for you know four hours, and nothing yeah. really happens.
3: So. But that's kind of like for us here too, Bill. Like Honestly, we've been talking about the trade deadline on this show for two months. Yeah. And then yeah. here's what you do. You go and sign some of the guys that we say, oh, that for sure that guy is going to be gone. And then you sign them. And we look like idiots. Um, yeah. So what do you yeah, feel okay. that day is going to be like for this organization in, in the, the, the the 10 days leading up to between now and then? Do you see it being active or, or are you answering phone calls and just going from there? Or do you plan to be a pretty busy participant?
2: Well, you you, you try to really get involved in any way you can just in trying to create assets and and trying to better your organization. But a lot of times, you know, uh, people are just calling kicking tires, you know, and there's nothing that really moves. So um, the truth of it is, um, you know, uh, trade deadline for us, I think it was probably done in the summer, the majority of it.
1: A name that's come up a lot over the last little bit here, last few months, is Jacob Chikrin. And I know you've said before that you don't want to trade him or necessarily need to trade him, but if there's an offer that provides an opportunity to improve this team, are you going to listen? And is it fair to assume that you have not received an offer good enough so far?
2: Yeah, you know, Jacob got off to a little bit of a slow start with us. And, uh, you know, he lately lately he's really found his game and, and picked it up and been... One of the main reasons we're on this four game win streak and you can see that he's you know he's back in form um you know it, there's a lot of rumors there's a lot of noise about it at the end of the day he's a good player for the coyotes you know if if somebody makes you an offer that you can't refuse then you know obviously that's that's a hockey trade you got to make and my phone's always on to listen but um right now you know he's a coyote and when we plan on having him for a while
0: I wanted to talk about another guy who's who's been in the news very recently because of his his cross continent travels, uh, Phil Kessel. Yes. Um how do you think he has handled this whole situation, this pretty public situation? It's it's no secret that Phil probably wants to play for a contender at this stage of his career. Yeah. How does he yeah. how, how has he handled all of this?
2: Well, I think he's realistic of his cap of cap head and the amount of teams that don't have money. Um, you know, so I think that's I think he's realistic of that fact um, that it's he's for for him to move and change teams. It's going to have to be a perfect fit where somebody can take on uh, that amount of cap space. So um, not to say it won't happen. Uh, It it might happen. And and obviously that team has to have a need for the type of player that Phil is. Um, You know, Phil continues to generate points. He continues to help us win. Um, he's been great at it. Um, you know, the one thing that people don't know about Phil behind the scenes, but he's really loved by his teammates. Mm-hmm. And I think he's been uh, truly somebody. He's an entertaining he's the entertainer. he's an entertainer behind the scenes with, his, <laughs> with, his, uh, with with his teammates and and he's truly a big part of our team. so. I know with the birth of his daughter, uh, the guys were really, really happy, and uh, he got his game in and got to go on a flight, and uh, he made it just in time. It was perfect. It was perfect for him, so we were really excited for him, and uh, he was able to join us last night and, and uh, help out in our win.
0: I'm sure you've seen some unusual things in your time in the league, but that was, that was quite a story. I, I, <laughs> to, to watch him fly across the continent twice, you know, all that happened, yeah. that, was, that was a crazy story.
2: Yeah, I tried to get him on the the red eye too, and I and am like, listen, you know, we flew you all the way across, you know, uh, on the way there, on the way back, we're trying to get you back as early as possible, and uh, and the, his COVID test it didn't match up, so we we got him oh, no. on the later flight. Oh but he made the
3: game. Oh no! Wow!
2: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was you know, so but he's he's uh, he's been a trooper, and you know, it's not easy for him to go through the the rebuild. Obviously, he's won two championships, and uh, he's a competitor, and he feels like, hey, listen, I could be a uh, I could be, I could help some, somebody else win a championship too. So, but I think he's realistic of, of the cap hit and, and where he's at. And uh, we'll see what happens on uh, trade deadline.
3: And Bill, that's one of the things I think fans and, and us sitting here doing these shows forget about sometimes is the personal aspect of this. And that Phil Kessel story really brings that to the forefront. That it's just, they're not just pieces on a chessboard, they're people. And we had a we had a letter come in, I, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, it was a very young hockey fan in the Valley that had met Lawson Krause, and Lawson Krause is their favorite player, and please don't trade Lawson <laughs> right. But But I guess my question to that is, Bill, it is, everyone understands the business, and you need to improve the franchise as best you can. How does it affect you as a person though? Because they do have, they are people and they do have lives yeah. and families. How does that part affect you as a general manager?
2: Oh, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, it, it, it is, uh, that's the, that's the toughest part. And you've got to let your, uh, you've got to have a heart, uh, but you can't let your heart rule your head. And, uh, that's the toughest part of doing this job and, uh, is that you get to know the person behind the scenes and how much they give towards the team and, and at times that you have to make hard decisions that move people to Zingle, one of them, uh, just a great human being and someone that approached our team with a lot of energy and effort and dropped his gloves and did whatever he took for his teammates. So um, those, are tough, those are tough moments as a GM. And you're right, there are people behind the scenes. Everybody thinks that their life is made and they play in the NHL and everything's rosy, but uh, it's truly not like that to some degree. It's, uh, it's really real life and uh, it, it really hurts when we have to move uh, those type of people.
1: Bill, we have quite a few people watching live right now we just received a super chat from ryan who's asking a question that i just want to read so bill as the gm for the best team in the league right now you can, they're definitely <laughs> they the hottest. hottest what's the yeah. most important thing to take away from these last four games and what is the main goal going into the last part of the season
2: well that's that's a great question that is a good question and uh, it's funny because i was thinking about that earlier like what's it what did we learn from this and um, you know when you go through that and you see your team uh, play at its its peak, um, you take little little tidbits about that and and, and you store them away. And so what we learned from that is Matthias Michelli can play. Uh, he's got to get a, a little bit stronger at times, uh, but his his feel for the game he can be someone that you know has a chance to be in our starting lineup next year and, and be an impact player, uh, depending on how how hard he trains in the summer. So that's one thing that we learned for sure. Um, You know, I think when you go through that and you watch uh, Moser in the stretch, you know, him play guys one on one like Matthews and and not get beat as a young as a young player Um, and and being a lead skater, you you take those little things away. We've also beat Colorado. So you've been able to see your team play at a high level. Uh, You've seen your goaltenders compete. So you. You, you gauge, you know, as you go through that, that win streak, you know, just how guy you're, how good your guys are, you know, can Smolcee get to another level and play like that because he's untouchable? Um, can he help drive you to a championship? And, you know, you're always sticking these little tidbits away, you know, when you're watching us, uh, you know, play at our peak. And hey, if we added a player here and you added a player here, how good could these guys be? And that's what you kind of take from it. And uh, um, that's why it's good for us to go through those, you know, the win streak there. We get to see, see everybody play. Um, at an elite level and, uh, you know, they're capable of it. Um, for, the rest of, for the rest of the, uh, the, the year, um, you know, we'll try and get some young kids in at some, some points. We could sign some college free agents um, and try and get them in the lineup at the same time. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to press and make sure that we, we work as hard as we can and we play every game as hard as we can down the stretch and make sure we get that out of it. Our culture from the moment we've started to the time we end, we're going to play hard. And our players have bought in and led the charge, and we're not going to stop.
0: I'm glad you mentioned some of those plans because it dovetails into a question I wanted to ask you. Um, I spoke to a bunch of agents about, you know, your ability to fill out a roster, given the fact that you only have 25 guys under contract next season organization-wide. Can you give us just a sense of how the remainder of this roster will be built, whether it's through signing, re-signing your own guys, going out and getting other guys' trades, etc.?
2: Well, you know, you learn a lot by sometimes just having someone that you didn't quite know as well. And i give an example as Boyd. You know, Boyd drives that line for us. So for us to go out and sign Boyd, you know, we know for sure he's going to help drive the Keller Schmoltz line. Um, and he's a huge signing for us. He's somebody that, you know, just you know, another team who's an average player with, with us. He's, he's one of our top players just because he's found chemistry and what he brings every day of his work ethic and his drive. So I, I think for us, as signing these players uh, down the stretch, the Dyson males of the world, um, you know, it's, the, it's a, O'Briens. These are, are, are pieces uh, to our team that we feel we can move forward with that are going to help our team for the next two to three years and give us a chance to be a competitive club. And, and uh, with Obi, you know, we signed him and, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll do whatever it takes to protect his teammates. He'll do whatever it takes to make sure our team gets going. Uh, you know, if, if, if there's a lull in the game, you know, he'll go out there and get three or four hits. Um, and so he's really added a spark and some toughness and some grit to our team. Um, and the last guy was Mayo when we went out and signed him. You know, he plays almost 20 minutes a night, probably the most underrated D in the league. He's probably the strong, strongest human being, pound for pound I've seen. He takes on all the big guys and, and wins puck battles. So um, the guys that we've signed, they're, they're kind of like our little diamonds in the rough and they bought in. Um, to our culture and what's expected in the desert and uh, they drive our team every night.
0: I wanted to ask you about something else that came from that conversation with a bunch of agents. There's this narrative that's being spun from some corners that the Coyotes need to treat their players better. I know you have strong feelings on this. So what would you say (laughs) on that topic?
2: Well, they should ask the players first before they they make comments like that. (laughs) You know, Uh, That that was the biggest thing I I had to take away, is that they they tried to paint the brush with one, you know, said, oh, the arena's bad, it's a bad situation. And, you know, and they tried to paint the the entire organization. I said to them, I said, listen, we've got one of the best salary caps in the league, you know, where we're at as an organization and our structure of our money is is probably one of the best in the league. We've got an opportunity to do just about anything uh, salary wise. We we have the most picks uh, in the league in the next three to four years than any other NHL team. It's not even close. Um, we've also found some great prospects in the meantime between, um, you know, uh, Gunther or or Moser or Kolnachuk or Vigmalka. Uh, we've added them, you know, uh, as we move forward here. So we've got a ton of prospects inside our organization. We've got a ton of picks. We've got a great salary cap. And we've added a, a ton of great hockey people along with Shane Doan and, Larry Plo and John Ferguson and Daryl Plandowski and Ryan Janikowski, we've added hockey people that can move us forward and help us pick some great players. So when they, when they paint the brush and they say, Oh, you know, you, the coyotes are bad. My point to them was, we're not, we're actually a really good and upcoming organization. We have an arena issue that we have found, you know, that's going to help us move forward a place to play in Arizona. But other than that, we're in a really really good position as an organization in fact there'd be a lot of organizations that would kill to be where we are.
1: Um, You mentioned Michelli and how you see him being a part of the lineup possibly next year and in the past you've talked about the the philosophy of overbaking players in the AHL so players like Michelli and maybe Gunther who's not eligible for the AHL next year but just you know unique coliaconic players of the like so going into next year and obviously everyone will have their fair shot at training camp but how do you see you know those up and coming players fitting into the rosters in the upcoming seasons and wanting to have given them their chance to develop and balance that with having them get their shot in the NHL as well
2: yeah, it's, it's a really uh, interesting question because, you know, I'm, I'm all about the over-baking. Uh, the problem is when you say that and then the guy goes out and gets 50 points in 30 games, <laughs> you yeah. yeah. throw that whole philosophy right out the window. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, over-baking works, uh, you know, but at the same time, the reason for us it, it hasn't worked so much is because we've had needs. Uh, we've had needs because of injuries and, and guys going down and, Uh, just a massive injuries all year long and you know it's uh, it's almost been a blessing because the the players have played well um whether they've been in the minors and and coming up up top they've seized the opportunity and jumped in and you can see you know that that's what our coaches have done they've done a great job with the younger player getting them not only to to, because sometimes you can almost fake it you can stick kids in the lineup and they look like nhl players and you can hide them Um, when they play for us you can't hide them they're going in and they're playing hard hard minutes uh, and those guys, uh, from Moser to Kolnachuk to Vegmalco, uh, you know, to Michelli being in overtime last night. There's no shelter, um, and those guys have really done a great job and helped us succeed. And uh, uh, it's been a lot of those guys have been pleasant surprises, uh, like Dyson Mayo. It's it's been really uh, unique experience, and, and they've taken the advantage of their opportunity.
3: Bill, you mentioned the coaching staff and how they're coaching these developing players. You know, coaches are often graded by wins and losses. I mean, that's now this is a little different situation this year. So, how do you grade Andre, first time NHL head coach Andre Tournier and his staff? And and furthermore, beyond the grading, how has that relationship and communication been between your office and their office when you're going through a period like you are, you call it a rebuild, when a difficult period? How has that communication been?
2: Yeah, the communication is really good. You know, obviously, we get off to a really rough start. I thought Bear was going to. Uh, he was close to death at one point there when I looked at him on the plane after after the loss, and uh, you know, you know, I you know I, I, you know, I, I kind of looked over at him after I traded Dvorak and all the, the majority of the, the players of Kemper, and I said I'm sorry. You know? uh, you know, but but you know, there was no excuses when we went into the season, and he did a great job of getting over that hump because that's tough when you lose that many games off the start you know, you're preaching and teaching and, and being demanding and then you're not having any success. Um, but but our players are credit to the coaching staff and the players stuck with it. And we got a little bit better, a little bit better. And I think, you know, Bear's an experienced coach. Uh, but at the s- same time, the NHL was new to him as a head coach. And, you know, there's a little adjustment period and he's done a great job. And what he's really driven home and, and how I grade him is, um, you know, the enthusiasm. Number one, our players come to the rink. You, you walk in. If we had a tough loss or we didn't play very well, and you go in and practice, you'd think we were in first place. The enthusiasm that our guys take the ice with and uh, how they approach it is, is outstanding. Um, and that, that's that's the environment that the coaches create, you know, and if you walk on our bus every morning and or on the plane, everybody says, good morning. I say it about a hundred times, good morning good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. But that's how we greet each other. And that's the whole thing is that we don't let the other day, you know, overflow and into the, into the day, and I think that's uh, a credit to the coaches, and they've done a great job. And I think the other thing that I look for, and how I judge our team, because you can't always judge on wins or losses. Does the team get better? Does it slowly grow? Do the players get better as the season moves forth? And and every one of our guys, um, like we don't have the depth of a you know a Stanley Cup winner like Tampa. Um, so at times, you know, we get a little thin, but and saying that, you know, for, for the most part, all our guys are achieving, whether you're, you're you know, Ghost on the back end or your Schmolzer or Chikrin or vegmelka, everybody's having good years. And that's how I kind of judge it. You see, Barrett Hayden's made a jump since he's got his his surgery, he's come back. And, you know, even Nick Ritchie jumps back in, you know, from Toronto, he's almost at a point of game. So, the, the, you know, you see your team get better and better, and, and obviously you can see the wins lately. Uh, we continue to improve, and that's how I, I, I judge the coaches.
0: want to switch gears for a minute here with you, Bill. Um, the NHL recently cut ties with the KHL, suspending all dealings yeah. with the league and telling franchises to stop all contact with the KHL and Russia, Russian-based agents. How does this impact you in terms of free agents you might have hoped to sign? Russian players you've already drafted or even the upcoming NHL draft with with prospects you might have been looking at? Yeah, it's a really sensitive
2: subject. Obviously, obviously there's a war, you know, and you you turn on your TV. It's it's on every day and, you know, it's really political and it's it's hard. You know, I do I I feel for uh, the Russian players, uh, you know, because it's an awkward situation for them. And, you know, this is just my personal opinion. I've traveled the world. People don't want war. Like, they, they don't want war. I mean, they, they, everybody wants peace. And, um, you know, hopefully that situation gets gets worked out because uh, the Russian hockey player is certainly paying a price. And it's it's just an awkward situation that we um, in the NHL have to deal with because we have, you know, players coming from, from Russia. Sometimes they come from the Ukraine. Sometimes they come from Belarus. And, you know, uh, for the most part, you know, hockey players don't really bring their political i guess thoughts or or feelings sometimes into into the into the dressing room or we we'd all be divided i i guess you know and uh, it's just awkward it's it's a tough situation and uh, it'll not only affect the the russian players here in the league as of now but it'll also affect them at the draft
0: too do you i mean do you steer clear of it at this point or how do you approach it with the draft
2: um you know i i think we're we're going to have to have some meetings about that you know and and see how we feel and you know, it's, uh, it's, and you come to a conclusion as an organization, you know, are we going to draft Russian players yet because of what's been going on? And uh, obviously we haven't had those meetings yet, but I think that's something where you bring your ownership and everybody, you know, involved in and you have conversations and you take the temperature outside, you know, and, and, and see what, what, uh, how the NHL feels about it. And, you know, obviously you got to go through them and make sure it's, um, it's something that they want to take part in and, and get the approval of the league and, and then move forward as an organization and, and, and come to a conclusion about how we feel about it.
1: So speaking of the drafts and hopefully we'll have the chance to connect with you again before then, but it's just four months away. So what's the state of your scouting, your draft board, and what's your sense of the strengths in this upcoming draft?
2: Yeah. Well, one of the things that we really liked about the draft is, you know, there's been a lot of guys Uh, players lately that have kind of uh, come out of nowhere just because of the simple fact that they they were going through COVID the OHL hadn't played in a whole year and you know there's about four or five guys that have just kind of jumped in and added some depth to the draft so that's really exciting Um, and then I think you know up top it's becoming a little bit more uh, an understanding of the top ten You know, and it's a hard time to scout because you've got COVID wars going on (laughs) you know overseas so there's a whole bunch of things that are going on um luckily for our staff we've been we've been at it in august we've known exactly the, the picks that we've had and where we're going to pick at um so that's been a blessing for us that we've got the majority of hard scouting out of the way um now we move down the stretch and we want to see these guys in you know championship moments and the big moments as the playoffs uh, start to kick in
1: well bill we can't thank you enough for joining us today and like i said hopefully we'll have you back on before the draft in july but um you know, best of luck tomorrow against Boston. Yeah, keep and... that
2: streak going, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know our about guys the t- are, our guys are hungry. They're they're excited. They're fun to watch yeah, right now. It's, been it's really a fun, fun
1: hockey
3: team to watch right now.
2: You know My about. My only the- worry is uh, that they're dreaming right now about goals and not defense. So, team or something like that.
0: You know about the TD Garden curse of this franchise.
2: No, I don't.
0: Well, I'll have a story on it tomorrow.
2: (laughs) There's a long time time since (laughs) they
0: won in that building. Well, that
2: that does not, there's one thing that breaks that curse. And I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but for the Armstrongs, it's the best place in the world. We've won a Stanley Cup there, and my son made an unbelievable pass in the bean pot there. So. does not affect the coyotes in any way shape or form that
3: is gone all
1: right good luck to the
3: rest of this trip and please travel safe and we'll see you soon
2: okay thanks guys thanks for having me on
1: thank thanks, you bill. oh man good <sighs> stuff from coyotes general manager bill armstrong thanks again to him for joining us and it's funny we've kind of alluded to the coyotes lack of success but he just proposed a counter argument to be it so I don't know how if you're gonna bet on that game you're gonna want to look at it but (laughs) if you do bet you should use the DraftKings Sportsbook app and the conference tournaments for basketball are happening right now so bet five dollars on any college hoops team to win their game on the DraftKings Sportsbook app win two hundred dollars in free bets if they do it's that simple if they win you win Arizona plays tonight just a plug if you want to bet on them, give it a try. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any college Hoops team to win their game. Get $200 in free bets. If they do, that's 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details.
0: If they win at TD Garden, I would say all bets are off.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> after this, that, oh, that was good, Greg. Craig. But after this last week, I do Seriously, feel like, like all what's bets
3: going are on? off. Honestly, how, how do you handicap this Coyote this team a right a now? was a
1: good Go time to talk to Bill Armstrong. It yeah. was,
3: and luckily, like, it's a lot easier to talk to them when they're winning four than when they lose 20, like he, he, he said. <laughs> yeah. um, but it is good to get that insight. And it, it's hard because it, we're, we've been critical of this team at times throughout the season for their performance on the ice what bill is attempting to do to turn this franchise into a perennial playoff team is painful and difficult to do to date and it hasn't been a long time that he's been in charge of the team to date he's done what he's been asked to do Mm -hmm. the difficult part is ahead so let's hope this draft is going to be the big 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 piece of how this moves forward so let's hope you know everything moves forward the way that you talked about is scouting staff and yeah the and, future, and that's a key piece right absolutely they've actually
0: invested and give give ownership credit for investing in those resources understanding how scouting is the lifeblood of an organization pete you and i have both been around and i don't i don't want to disparage past scouts there have been some good scouts in this organization but in terms of an entire staff with this experience and with this ability they haven't had it. This and this is, is the best scouting set they've this ever is had the focus of this organization. And they yeah. clearly understand the number of picks they have in the high
3: rounds next, next or this summer in four months from now can set the path for this team for a decade. Yeah. It's incredibly important. So you better get it right. You don't need to get all eight picks in the first two rounds or you don't, that's, that's not realistic, but you better hit two, three, four of them that can be everyday NHL players. It's exciting. And, yet, and it's good to see the, the mood he was in today on the road. That's, that's permeating through the team, that the happiness, and it does happen when you win. But that's what I'm saying when we talked last night about franchises that don't have that. Mm. It's really, really, really hard. So it, it gives fans hope, and that's it's a dangerous word here in Arizona because we've heard it before, but it gives fans hope for the future.
1: Well, yeah. that's what I like to hear him talk about, just the energy, and even when they are going through their struggles. I mean, you look at this last week, but they've still only won— what is it, 17 or 18, 18 games, games now? now? Yeah. I mean, that's not a yeah. lot of games no. won. So for them, you know, the, how he said that just the energy at practice is great, how they greet each other on the plate, like the commu- the sense of community in the locker room sounds really powerful, and I also really like that he said that he is there with them on the yeah. bus going through those hard times. I... I really really respect that about him because he's not just up in his you know mm-hmm. office up top and pulling the <laughs> strings as if it's puppets. it's not yeah. his these are human beings and you can tell that he really understands that
0: yeah i can't i haven't seen that before you <laughs> I'm not even sure how to stayed, it. but yeah, get away from that. But yeah, a, yeah, that was.
3: It can he's... be a contentious relationship between those two rooms when things aren't going well. The
1: GM yep. and the coaches,
3: absolutely, because one's making the team and one's trying to coach the team, and they sometimes have different goals. And when those goals are different, it's very difficult for those two rooms to get along. Right. And for him to say that the coaching staff and they work together and they communicate well is a huge step for that, because it's really easy to make those calls up in the in the high tower and walk right by the coaches room and not communicate and leave your coaches out dry it's easy to do yep. so to get in there and go okay here's where we're at it speaks volumes and it's it, there are hard days and it's a four game winning streak everybody's happy but we've seen this team go through some tough stretches it ain't happy every day and so you better be on the same page you better all be able to communicate with each other Otherwise, it's going to be miserable place to work. Mm-hmm. So, so good on Bill for, for having that communication, having that open, and being a part of what this
0: process takes. Yeah, and you mentioned you know, that sometimes the goals aren't the same. And when your team is really good, everybody's trying to win at that point. But coaches are always about win now. They, they may you know, be trying to bring players along, but again, the NHL is not a developmental league. So it's always about winning today. GMs can't always look at it that way, especially when you're in this situation. Yeah, you want them to get a taste of success. That's important. It, it really is to sort of underscore the culture that you're trying to build, but you have to look down the road as well. So there sometimes are competing interests. So it's really good to see that he's riding the bus. He's right there with them, understanding what they're going through and, and not shying away from being present. Um, I wanted to get to something else that he talked about when, we, when I asked him about this narrative out there, the Coyotes need to treat their players better. <clears throat> I, I agree with them that this is mostly facilities driven at this point. There've been some issues in the past. We know the, the Coyotes have made some missteps. We heard about some of the stuff that was happening in the playoff bubble. Hopefully they've learned from that and they move. And I think they're sensitive to it and they understand that they made missteps in the past, but this narrative right now about, Oh, that, you know, that, that NHLPA meeting and the players were, it was very pointed and the players weren't happy about the situation. well, PD and you and I both know, like we had Lawson Krause in the studio. When we asked him about it. He's like, I think it will be cool. Clayton Keller has said, said the same thing. So I think Bill's right in that regard. There may be some players that don't like it. But when you're talking about the guys that are going to be here for the future, we just named two really key players and they both seem fine with it. So be careful when you paint a team with broad brushstrokes, when you're not diving into the details and learning the nuance.
3: Yeah, but you're talking about going to this building. Specifically, that's kind of what we're talking about what it's like to be in Arizona. We used to say, um, if you remember the movie Moneyball, and they yeah. have to, we have to pay for soda and they're dropping coins and yeah, welcome to Oakland. Well, you don't want to be welcome to Phoenix. You don't want to be that. So you talk about this new building. The key word there is new. Everything in that facility is going to be brand freaking new. Like you're going to get new offices, you're going to get new locker rooms, new facilities, new medical, new training. It's going to be high-end new equipment. So that's to start with. The player plays on a beautiful new ice sheet in a new beautiful building. The number of fans, does that affect their daily life as the game on the ice? It's going to be full. It's going to be loud. So I I, I agree with you, Greg. Pump the brakes a little bit. Now, is it going to be day after day? Do you want to win the Stanley Cup in a 5,000-seat building? Probably not. But they're probably not ready for that. So that's one. Two, let's go to their day-to-day. And what this team does every day, we, they don't go to the game rink every day. Yeah. They go to practice. They practice at a practice rink. So you look at that now, it's going to be located in North Scottsdale. It's going to be closer, shorter commutes, way more convenient for everybody. And they're going to add
0: on to those facilities at the Ice Den in Scottsdale. Yeah, and there's been some complaints about that, right? That they have to walk across a parking lot. And Okay. Um, Didn't for they sure. say
1: they were going to wrap golf carts? <laughs> I,
0: I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, <laughs> there's me, still some things to work out for sure. But I look at that and I say, really, is that your biggest complaint that you have to walk outside the building in the Arizona sunshine to get to the rink? Is that really is that really worth complaining about? I mean, is it ideal? No. Could you like build an entire extension on the back end of the ice den? I suppose you could. But, I, you know, it's funny. I'm writing this story on the the end of Oceanside Ice Arena because ASU is playing its final series there. And I, I was reminded by Shane Doan of this yeah. what, what what that was used for the first two years the coyotes got here. That was their practice facility. And when they had to work out in a gym, the gym. Oh, they were working out with dumbbells in the parking, parking lot. lot. That they brought in their back of the one of the players' no
3: pickups, way. Bobby Corcom's pickup. <laughs> yes. Would carry the dumbbells from America no West way. Arena to they worked out in the literally in the parking lot with dumbbells carried in their pickup truck. And exactly. guess what?
0: seemed to work out just fine because they made the playoffs every year they practiced. And I love this. You know, Greg Powers, the ASU coach, is always taking this. The the adversity is the way you get there, right? You go through adversity and it makes you stronger. I get that there are standards for the NHL. I do. I understand all that. And and I think they want to achieve those eventually. This is just a temporary solution. But there's a side of me that like for the people, they're like, oh, how could they do that? You know what? Suck it up, buttercup. I mean, (laughs) give me a break. You're really complaining about that? Yeah, I, I
3: I think and the staff people that have I I have spoken with they' they're we're fine we're gonna go practice here we had five minute commute to get to work we'll drive down to Tempe game nights only into a beautiful brand new arena we're fine there's they don't see the negative that that maybe is seen nationally and national yeah. media all oh, this is terrible they're like Is it though? Is it is it really terrible? It's actually
0: not too bad. Right, and it can't stretch. Right, it can't go five, six years. Yeah,
3: Tempe's the key, right? Tempe's the key. But
0: if if that if this is the bridge that gets you there,
3: so be it. I agree. And I have and I've said this before on this show, and I'll say it again. I haven't spoken to anybody in the hockey world, whether they work for a team, follow a team in media, or a player, that can't wait to play there. Yeah, every one of them bitches and complains. It's too small. It's too small. Man, is it going to be fun to go there? uh i just hope people get can get tickets to go watch it i i'm
1: looking forward to seeing a game i'm so excited and and tim just commented tickets are going to be expensive and craig addressed this with um javier in his q a which you can find on gophnx.com and also the the agents that craig referred to i read that story this morning he it was a very very extensive kind of polling of what was it eight Eight agents agents, um about their thoughts and you know it was it was very honest <laughs> on yeah. their end. There were but some pointed comments. Yeah, yeah, there were definitely some pointed comments. But I think the consensus for the most part was like this is still an NHL market and p- players are not going to pass up having an opportunity to. They'll play be able in to fill NHL. out a roster. Exactly. It's not going to be exactly. An issue. So I think you know like that narrative needs to go away. And you know we've all just sat here and said it. You can't just make this overarching comment without understanding like the nuances of the situation so you know I'm glad that you asked him about it and I thought his answer was really great in terms of there's a lot of good going for this organization and it's going to be one of those things that hopefully in a few years from now in the new brand new Tempe arena that belongs to the Coyotes that will say oh that was just a a blip in the road on the way to this new place. When you
0: look at the timeline now things are going to start coming Really important events are going to start occurring really fast, whether it's an announcement on the arena or the NHL draft lottery or the NHL draft or what they're going to do in free agency. A lot of things are going to start happening now that are going to be shaping the future of this franchise. Like you said, Pete, like 10 years down the road, things are going to start happening that are going to shape all of that. So it's a really interesting time to be following the Coyotes right now. <laughs> and that's what we talk about, these teams that are winning Cups over the last few years,
3: those players were drafted a decade ago for those teams. And they they do build through the draft. And there's some that, that do it a little quicker. Pittsburgh did it quicker. Um, Chicago did a little quicker. But it does take five, six, seven, eight, ten years. Yeah. Depends to build on who it. you but get in the draft, starts, right? right? Now. But that's starts now. You get that key
0: player. It can change things. It can speed Absolutely. up the timeline. But most of the time, it doesn't. It takes time. Yeah. But
3: there are some key young pieces here now. The draft is this summer that is going to be imperative that they get a few more of those key players and you can start to see and you've seen it over the last week, the end of the tunnel might be there. And gosh, this might be
0: fun. Centers and D centers and D. Yep. <laughs> just <laughs> well, keep looking at it. Like I, 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 you know, when look at some of the, the uh, wings that they've got here, there's some promise on the wings. Uh, they, they just, and we've been talking about this for the past 20 years. They got to get stronger up the middle. They need those key pieces. You're not going to win Cubs without write that down Craig we'll talk pieces. when we have Bill on again before <laughs> cuz we will have him on before the draft again and we can ask him a little more and they detail they went that. the unusual route like like most teams don't get to do what St. Louis did and go out and get Ryan O'Reilly right at the top of your lineup and then uh, Chen as well so you don't get to do that very often usually you have to draft those guys
1: so well whatever happens with this team we will be covering it 5 days a week here at PHNX so <laughs> Oh yeah, Sein We asked yeah. him about. that. Do we
0: that. want to a- answer some of these questions before we go? Oh yeah, we, we for can sure. roll through it. Yeah, seems we, we got sure a lot can. of people on here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's get to some of these. Some of them were directed toward Bill, but yeah,
0: sorry, we, it wasn't a Q and A session <laughs> with Bill. Only, only with the three of us. Apologies.
1: <laughs> but uh, will Gunther play on the team next year? Probably not. <sighs> That's but our... then again. Who knows. <laughs> yeah, we heard what he just
0: said about he's not AHL eligible. So, I that's would a guess big he goes leap the juniors. That's that's it's kind of what I would do with him too. Yeah. And, don't and, put him in this situation. He it's a big leap from the WHL to the NHL. And he can also he's...
3: come in and 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 go through training camp and play in a few NHL games and still send him back. And you yep. can still grow and develop and see what you need to be and what you need to improve on. I don't know how that benefits Dylan Gunther next year, but Let's wait and see what Dylan Gunther looks like at rookie development camp right. and, and training camp.
0: Yeah. So he blows never them say away. Never. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah. I mean most of the questions were uh, toward Bill, but <laughs> <laughs> We appreciate everybody joining and, and watching. And, you know, maybe next time we have him on, we'll ask in advance for a Q&A questions. session with Bill. Hey, yeah. we're not going to
0: ask you anything. It's all it's all going to come from the yeah. chat. That'll be, <laughs> yeah, that would be luck. really
1: interesting. But um, like we said, it was a great time to have him on. And I've referred to a lot of Craig's stories, a lot of good stuff coming out at gophnext.com this week. So be sure to sign up and become a member. If you haven't already, you can get a shirt. Petey and I are wearing our phnx shirts right now so check out the phnx locker and members get weekly deals and merchandise access to the members only discord and so much more so become a member at gophnx.com today is there anything else that while we're sitting here together on a non-post game show
0: crazy we'll be back here tomorrow i know yes. again tomorrow
1: again tomorrow a five o'clock the streets game. stay
3: alive greg
0: P. D. Garden. That's yeah. another story I got coming. Yeah. That's coming Saturday morning. Yeah, I Ooh, And you know, you were there yeah, that, for the last time they beat the Bruins as a home team. This quote yeah. unquote. Yeah, it was
3: in, in Prague. Prague. It was, it was <laughs> the last
0: time they beat them. And
3: I was there. I barely <laughs> remember that trip. Yeah. Why? Good. No, and it wasn't for what you think. It was the time zone change. Because <laughs> yeah. we we literally hit the ground, and we went right to the practice rink, and we never stopped. You remember that story? I, I, was, I think I wrote about that story. <laughs> man, I was dizzy, be- <laughs> tired for two whole weeks. Yeah. <sighs> but we did beat the Boston Bruins. And they ended up winning the Stanley Cup that year. Yep.
1: Anyway, hmm, interesting. Digress. All right, well... If we will be back here tomorrow after the Bruins-Coyotes game on Saturday, so be sure to subscribe to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell so you never miss a live show. Also, like, subscribe, comment, leave us a five-star review. Wherever you get your podcast. it's super helpful. And last but not least, please follow us on Twitter, at PHNX underscore Coyotes, so... PD can dance. So PD can dance.
0: Yeah, and I saw Bees asked about the keys. There'll be keys tomorrow. Yeah, we'll be a little space. offended that... Uh, PHNX Coyotes hasn't reached 3,000 followers
1: yet. But you don't yet. know. like so if they don't Maybe know. they don't
0: want you to dance. I don't as know. As soon as
3: the camera goes off, I usually dance in the studio after the show's over. I'm so happy. I'm
0: <laughs> yeah no yeah no yeah. i'm surprised you haven't yeah, you know, there it is maybe maybe you gotta you know fold your legs so we can see your calves oh
1: the, the yeah, god so that is the key to the game <laughs> that is the key to the game oh my goodness well we'll see everyone tomorrow thanks again for joining us and thanks again to coyotes gm bill armstrong for joining us and we will see everyone tomorrow bye